Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. On today's episode, we bring you an amazing episode. Even with all its technical difficulties, we bring you Tron Black, nonprofit, Mango Farms, and Pathfinders, as well as my buddies Jake Jabrelli and Mike. Uh, onto the podcast to talk about Ravencoin and the technicals of what's going on with the development of Ravencoin and its features. There were so many questions that came in from the community, from the Ravencoin community, and it's just um, it's so great that we're able to get them on the podcast just to answer all these questions. Um, and like I said, we had a lot of technical difficulties, and it was so nice that they were able to just grind through it and 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 answer all these questions so once again thank you all for being on the podcast and thanks to all the listeners to this podcast from all around the globe 62 plus countries and continuously growing thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you with that said enjoy the podcast i'll catch you all on the next one stack sats and hodl adios All right, Kryptonauts, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We have Tron in the house, we have Pathfinder, we have Nonprofit, and we have Jake. So we're, we're here just to, t- to pretty much follow up on the uh, Ravencoin community questions that have been asked in the past few weeks. There's a lot of questions that have been coming from the community. I just want to know more or less what's going on with the future development of Ravencoin. So uh, the last time we talked, we talked with Tron. He went ahead and introduced himself. This time, uh, I want to talk to Nonprofit and get to know him a little bit and have the community know who he is. So, Nonprofit, hello. Hello. All right, Nonprofit, if you can, please introduce yourself and how you got into blockchain technology. Like, what did you do before you got into into blockchain? Well, uh, I've uh, been highly involved in IT throughout my career, uh, transitioned into more of a management role, but always, you know, stuck with, stuck with the technical aspects of IT. Uh, got into blockchain, I guess, way back in 2010. Uh, originally started uh, mining Bitcoin, uh, this new fancy thing that hit the internet that barely anyone knew about. I just started playing around with it. Uh, put it away for a while. Uh, classic story, I guess. December 2017 came around and lo and behold, I found out that uh, had something valuable. So I would guess that the, maybe the second phase of blockchain for me started around then. I uh, really got heavily involved in mining and uh, cryptocurrency in general. Uh, discovered Raven in January 2018 when uh, uh, the blockchain and the project launched. And really liked the fundamentals. I love the fact that it compared uh, very easily with Bitcoin and was based on that philosophy. So uh, without knowing too much about how it was going to end up uh, going, I uh, decided it was a, a low-risk endeavor. Uh, so I decided to get involved and started mining it and started, you know, uh, participating in the community, getting to know everyone. And uh, so far, so good. I've really enjoyed my time and looking forward to the future. Nice. So you've pretty much been there since day one, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, week one, about 10 days after launch is when I started. <laughs> wow. 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 That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, in regards to the the development from the beginning to now, is is it been more easy to use? Is it becoming more complicated? Is it more sophisticated? 
is it more enjoyable to use? Uh, well, per personally, and I also moderate the Telegram channel, so I spend a vast majority of my day assisting you know, new people to Raven and even existing users. Uh, I found it uh, it's much easier to use. Now, you know, we're growing and we're growing rapidly and we're, of course, dealing with the usual bumps in the road that any you know, project would deal with as they scale up. Uh, but we seem to be handling those uh, in a relatively effective manner. Um, I personally, I just think with the outside development we're getting and the support from other places, I'll mention Mango Farms specifically, they've been fantastic. Uh, it seems to be getting easier and easier. And the beautiful thing about Raven is that we have a lot of community support, a very strong and active community, some very highly technical and talented people who have been adding uh, tremendous uh, amounts of functionality to the, uh, to the blockchain. So I'm excited for the future. Yeah. So in regards to uh, what you're doing right now, you're, you're volunteering your time, right? Uh, and, and I, go ahead. No, I was going to say yes, absolutely, 100%. Yes. And the, the reason I ask that, because a lot of, a lot of people in the community, uh, Telegram and Discord, are, are trying to figure out, why do you do this? Why do you volunteer your time? You're not getting paid, and you're spending a lot, many, 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 many hours doing this, answering all these questions. Well, that, I guess the, that's a philosophical question. We all survived 2008. Uh, I believe in the fundamentals of cryptocurrency. I believe that it has the effect to change the world. I think we do exist and operate under an unfair system. Uh, and I would, I would like to you know, just have the playing field leveled a little bit for the common person out there. Uh, you know, I'm a relatively middle-aged person. I've kind of lived long enough to see a few cycles happen throughout humanity. And, and uh, it seems like we really have a chance now to kind of, again, level the playing field and kind of bring it back uh, from the level that it's gotten uh, recently. Uh, there's too much wealth heading in one direction. I'd like to see that more transferred back into the hands of the people and allow them to have more control over their own destinies instead of relying on other people. So that fundamentally and philosophically is primarily why I got involved in cryptocurrency, part of the reason I love Raven. Uh, so because of that, I just believe in the success of this project. Uh, yes, of course, I am a Raven holder, uh, but at the same time, I think that this project uh, has one of the best chances of actually fundamentally changing uh, the way that we operate and the way that the people uh, control their own value and their own wealth. So in believing in it, it makes it easy for me to uh, volunteer my time. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nonprofit, for being here. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Pathfinder. Pathfinder, hello. If you can, please introduce yourself and what did you do before you got into blockchain? Yeah. Um, I have a very long non-linear uh, career. <laughs> My background's actually in healthcare. I, I worked in uh, neurology uh, field doing neuroscience research um, for a long time. And then I started getting interested in not just electronic medical records, but in online communities of patients, how people could help each other and not just rely solely on, you know, a, their healthcare, you know, their, their, their single physician or so forth and patient support communities and things like that. So I got very interested in online communities and I switched gears. I started writing grants for uh, NIH and Nat National Library of Medicine to build online environments where people collaborated together and shared information and um, I really love the um, 
the uh, sort of democratization of, of all of that of information, giving everyone access to information, giving people a more active role, more sovereignty and, and agency in their own health care. And over the years, I actually got also involved in um, um, increased emotional bandwidth in online communities. So I was one of the early people at a company called Linden Lab. We made this virtual world called Second Life. That was pretty big for a while. And um, yes. And um, yeah, then I got really interested in just, it just started spreading that sort of philosophy, right? And so I started thinking about, um, you, know, that, you know, that slogan, you know, fix the money, fix the world, right? Yeah, I, I started thinking about really how a lot of the fun, fundamental problems of inequity, of inequality and um, people not having equal levels of, of equity in systems uh, revolved around financial systems. And um, so I started getting, you know, that's how I, I, you know, like nonprofit, you know, I discovered Bitcoin back in the day, you know, and, and then um, over the years, uh, um, you know, then when Ravencoin popped up on my radar, what fascinated me fundamentally were two things. One was, um, you know, the idea of assets, tokenized assets, tokenized securities. Mm -hmm. If you look at the global market, um, it, the, the, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the the, the dollars, the money floating around is, is a drop in the bucket compared to the assets, compared to the way, th you know, the tokenized sec you know, securities and so forth and so on. And, um, and the second thing was, I just was blown away with the community of Ravencoin. I mean, I was, you know, same way, like in the early days, you know, I back in my day, we did it with CPUs. We could mine with CPUs, I remember. <laughs> and, but, it, mm -hmm. but it was just a wonderful community. And it, captured a lot of the spirit not a lot it captured perfectly the spirit of the initial bitcoin community right because you have to remember when ravencoin appeared on the stage it's 2018 you know early 2018 late 2017 but launching in january 2018 and i had just seen so much crap with with you know icos and just you know companies yeah. coming in just trying i'm like god damn it it's just you know, and then I saw, then Ravencoin caught me, my eye, because I always kept an eye on Bruce Fenton. And I was like, Bruce has got that core philosophy, you know, he's, you know, with the, you know, he's always had that. And, and I just started dipping my toes in the water with Ravencoin. And I loved the technology. I loved the very clear use case, right? Very crystal clear use case. And I was like, this is, this is, this is all the best parts of what Bitcoin was in the early days. And uh, absolutely, that was, and that's that's really what took off for me, and and so I dove into um, into the, in particular like the Discord community because that was really where things started taking shape initially, and um, I started I started making memes, and then I became really known for that and like doing them really quick and on the fly, and and I I, I was like okay this is how I'll contribute, <laughs> you know, I'll help I'll help grow the Discord community. I also ran these really popular trivia nights. In Discord, where we'd be giving away hundreds of Raven coins. <laughs> now that I think of it, it's like, how much did I give away? It's like, yeah, you answer a question right, 500 Raven. I'm like, really? That, that uh, was, wow. I remember those days, yeah. Pathfinder. Yeah, and, and it was just so, the community was so much fun. And I did this one called Animal Trivia. It was like weird animal trivias. And, and I used to do memes for it all the time. And, and you know, I floated around in lots of other cryptocurrency projects, other blockchain projects um, over time. And and I have to just say, Ravencoin always just was 
the, the nearest and dearest to my heart because I saw the best in the early bit from the Bitcoin community, from also just my experience with online communities in general throughout my whole career. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. I'm nice. stuck. Nice. I'm stuck with this. <laughs> You're hooked. You're hooked. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see everyone's, I guess, personal evolution and, and getting into crypto and moving forward and, and it ending up where they're, where they're at now. Like with, with me as well, I started off knowing nothing about, about coding or anything, but as I went along, I became more interested by reading, you know, Satoshi's white paper and, as I went along, I start, I jumped into different exchanges, tried a day trade, not for me. And then I tried mining. That was awesome because that was the first time that I got my 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 hands on into into some basically copy and paste coding, trying to turn on some ASICs. That was amazing. Loved it. And then I got into just, you know, investing into ICOs, which a lot of them were boom, right? A lot of them, it is what it is. Then I did um, a lot of uh, uh, meetups. I did meetups here in Silicon Valley. I live in San Jose. And I did some meetups out here, and I loved it. I loved meeting people. You know, it was it was a great experience, man. Those were the good old days. I loved it because it's so energetic. Um, and now, and now, I'm out here trying to get this podcast going, and continue what I like to do, which is just spread knowledge, spread crypto education to those that are trying to get into the field, and 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 you know, instead of being blindfolded and and jumping into a scam. Hey, you know what? I want to talk about some good stuff out there. And I know without a doubt, Ravencoin is a real thing. It's pure. They're working on things. They're, it's not a scam. Um, even though a lot of people out there are trying to say it's a scam because it pumped up and then it went back down. That's just the market. That's just the market. That's not what Ravencoin is 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 doing. They're not intentionally trying to pump and dump uh, dump the coin. You know, that's the, it's the market flow. All right. So are we ready? We have Tron. Nonprofit and Pathfinder and Jake. It looks like uh, I do have Mango on standby, but as we as we talked about before, we actually do have a limitation on this podcast, which I just found out today. So if one of you guys want to jump out at a later time when it's time for 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 Mango to to talk, I would ask if somebody can kindly uh, jump out so Mango can jump in at a later time. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the questions questions you guys ready for all the questions oh, it took us a long time to get all these questions put together well we're ready i don't know if tron's ready but we're ready I'm, for I'm sure ready. all right let's try it all right awesome okay this question is from lsji07 question number one what is and when will the p2sh code for assets be forked onto the network anyone please Okay, you dropped there for for a second, so I didn't hear the question. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, so the question is, what is and when will the P2SH code for assets be forked onto the network? Gotcha. Great question. Uh, so the P2SH code is uh, already submitted, already paid the developer, and just because it affects consensus uh, and because we just went through a, a relatively expensive Oh, I heard it. Sounds like we lost Tom. Did? I heard. Oh, I heard the end there. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes. Um, so we basically want to get a security audit for it. So we. Uh, I'm talking to another security company on Monday. 
Uh, we have another one with a bid. So basically two competing bids, we'll pick from those two, we'll get a uh, security audit and then we'll put it in. Uh, it does require all the miners to adopt it. And basically what it is, it's the ability for more complex scripts to be used with assets. So P2SH was always there for Raven. You could do multi-sig and things like that. Uh, but the code was not there for assets. Uh, and so if you wanted to do like a, you know, eight of 12 multi-sig or something like that, you couldn't do it with assets, you could do it with Raven. And so you'll be able to do that now. Good, thank you. Uh, and I guess you kind of already answered the second question, which is why is it important that P2SH code for assets be forked onto the network? I don't know if you want to elaborate on that or... Yeah, so I, I just kind of answered the two together, I guess. So, so it's, it's really for more right. complex scripts so you can do multi-sig with assets. And the reason that's important is mm -hmm. because let's say, you know, you had very high value assets, uh, you know, something that represented a share of, you know, of gold or, or of a, you know, a building or something like that. Uh, that may need to go in a custodian. Custodians really like to have multi-sig so that they can do more security. Okay. All right. And that, that was actually from uh, LSJI07. Third question. And this one I kind of scraped off of, uh, I think, on Telegram. Nonprofit or yeah, nonprofit asked, asked this question. Uh, what is the status of the Coinbase Raven coin listing? Please, Tron. Tron, you there? Seems like we lost him. Uh, can can John still hear me? Uh, I don't know if well, maybe John dropped off. John, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you okay, perfectly. Maybe fine. Tron is disconnected. Let's go to the next question. We'll come back to that one in a bit. Uh, this one is for, let's see. Uh, this is a question from me. How do you make a Raven asset? And and what ways does it differentiate from assets made on the Ethereum network? I would I would have liked if Mongo Farms can jump in for that Tron one. dropped, just so you know. I see that, yeah, yeah, I see that. Wow, wow, wow. Well, so we'll jump on to, let's see. Do you want me to drop off so that so that Mango Farm can come in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if there's a slot issue, I'm uh, happy to drop off to let Mango back in. If you don't mind, I'm hold on a second. Let me just find some questions that are directed to you specifically. Probably not any. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the technical guy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. No if you don't mind, I would appreciate Tell it. Tell Mango I said hi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sure. being on the podcast. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Let's go ahead and send an invite to Mr. Mingo. No worries. Okay. All right, so we got nonprofit. Nonprofit, uh, yes, are you still there? Yeah. Hopefully we get awesome. Let's go ahead and ask. There are a lot of questions for you, actually. So let's go on down to the list. Question. Uh, Raven filed the application to Coinbase back in. Uh, actually, actually, that was a question from you. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see answers. Do do do. 
Uh, yeah, John, I know the uh, question that you're referring to. I get that a lot from the uh, oh. uh, users of the Telegram. You know, we have over 11,000 uh, people in one Telegram channel and about uh, 3,000 in wow. the other channel. So we <laughs> we can get uh, uh, quite a few questions on a daily basis, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, one of the primary questions that's asked constantly is, when is Raven going to be listed on Coinbase? So uh, I've taken it upon mm -hmm. myself, you know, talk to Tron a little bit, uh, ask some of the, uh, you know, other people uh, heavily involved in Raven. And the I guess the best answer I can give is that the application was filed in mid-January uh, to Coinbase. Uh, Coinbase had uh, come back uh, to Raven asking for a few additional details, such as a legal opinion based on, uh, you know, whether Raven or, uh, was a security or not. Uh, and also they wanted a, uh, the results of the, secu the uh, security audit. So that was provided to Coinbase. Um, based on my understanding, and I guess was confirmed uh, from Tron, Raven did meet all of the criteria uh, for listing on Coinbase. Uh, however, Coinbase is generally very secretive about new projects that they may or may not list and then uh, their IPO, uh, which they just recently filed, uh, is also kind of a roadblock. I don't personally think that they're going to be listing any new uh, projects until they complete that IPO process. They may, uh, but it just, from my experience, companies generally uh, kind of put the brakes on everything while they're going through that process. So um, we're in a wait, uh, wait and see mode, uh, I guess would be the best way uh, to say it. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of demand. I'll say that for certain. A lot of people want to see Raven on Coinbase. Uh, so we'll hope for the best, uh, but that's uh, the current status, and we'll see what the results are. And nice, nice. Okay, thank you. Thank you for answering that. That was great. Uh, the next question is, let's see, how do you make a Raven asset, and what does it differentiate from the assets made on the Ethereum network? Uh, well... <laughs> The making of a Raven asset is actually quite simple. You can do it directly through the desktop wallet. There are a lot of third-party wallets that are out there. Some have the functionality, uh, some do not. Uh, Mango Farms is a very important partner in the Raven community. Uh, uh, they're also a board member uh, with the Raven Foundation. Uh, they're kind of going to the next level on uh, the creation of Raven assets. Uh, it's really quite a simple process. You need 500 Raven. Uh, which is the cost of uh, creating an asset. Uh, you're able to uh, actually write through the desktop wallet, search for the name of the asset that you would like to create. Uh, the, the wallet will tell you if that name is already in use. Uh, if you reach out a little bit or maybe Google, we have an asset explorer that lists all the current names of all the assets that have been created so far, uh, which is over 25,000 currently. Uh, so, uh, you can do it directly through the desktop wallet. It's a very simple and simplified process. It's not complicated uh, whatsoever. However, I do want to stress that if you do find uh, some trouble, you're certainly welcome to reach out to the Raven community. People in the Discord and on the Telegram are very helpful. Uh, even community members, not necessarily a mod or an admin or something. Uh, you're absolutely welcome to ask a question and somebody will certainly help you. Um, uh, once that process is completed, you'll get confirmation directly within the wallet. Your new asset appears uh, right in the wallet, and lo and behold, uh, you have your new asset. 
there's a few little particulars you have to pay attention to. You are able to uh, define right from the beginning whether you want that to be a single asset or the ability, or, or to have the ability to create up to 21 billion sub assets underneath that primary asset. That's something that you want to take uh, pay attention to because you have to designate that as you create the asset. Uh, but again, once you do create that asset, it does appear directly in your wallet, and then you'll have full control over what you would like to do uh, with that asset. Well, I did want to add that once you do spend the Raven, uh, the 500 Raven to create the asset, those Raven are burned. Uh, and that's part of the deflationary uh, schedule that we uh, we have inside of Raven. Uh, those uh, Raven are burned forever uh, and are removed from the chain. Uh, so uh, that applies to the you know total supply of Raven. All right, thank you, thank you, uh, nonprofit. So far, what, what what I'm trying to do on the back end while you're speaking, I'm trying to get Tron back in. I'm trying to get Mango Farms in. Okay, I've sent them links. It seems like they're having issues on their side. It's it has nothing to do with with the the platform itself. They're they're trying to get in. They're having some issues getting in. Um, but if you don't mind, we'll continue sure, on to you. the next question. All right. So the next question is, how is the Raven Foundation going to get its funding and what existing funding do they well, have? Uh, the Raven Foundation is modeled after the Bitcoin Foundation. So we really are trying to pay attention to the philosophy of no central authority or no central figure, which is one of the tenets of decentralization uh, as a whole. Uh, we, you know, Decentralization basically means you put it out there. If it's good enough, people are going to use it. People are going to build on it. It's going to become accepted. Uh, you know, we hope the, uh, that happens for Raven. It certainly is going well so far. Bitcoin would be the perfect example of a pure decentralized project that was uh, created and appeared suddenly on the uh, 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 on the spectrum, uh, and has you know obviously grown. Uh, substantially since its creation. Uh, the Raven Foundation was created again to model uh, after the uh, original Bitcoin Foundation. Uh, and the funding specifically, uh, currently we're on a donation model where if we have a specific task that needs to be accomplished, such as Tron mentioned, the uh, uh, develop, uh, development proposals that have been recently tasked through the foundation, uh, for example, the P2SH development uh, proposal was put on the Raven Foundation's website. The call went out for donations, and that entire development proposal was funded in less than three hours. So, we're currently, uh, yeah, we're currently under wow. discussions um, uh, based on the most recent DEP meeting about possibly. Uh, I don't want to put it too much out there uh, without Tron's permission, but possibly going to a model where we're able to dedicate a certain percentage of uh, a mining pool that will go to a dev fund, uh, but that's still in the discussion phase. So I don't want to jump too far ahead on that. Um, the recently, uh, Blockchain Tiger, which is one of our big uh, Korean partners, uh, they donated uh, over $100,000 uh, worth of Raven yeah, to yeah, the foundation to further uh, development efforts. Um, I'm not... Uh, I think the most recent uh, um, wallet balance that I saw, which was maybe a week or so ago, uh, I think we're right around the two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 mark uh, in total donations that are available for development work on the Raven chain currently. 
Nice, nice. And I, I definitely want to give a plug-in and a big thank you to Blockchain Tiger, which donated what 570,000 Raven coins. That is a, a big blessing to the Raven coin community to continue developing this 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 blockchain. I that's that's so awesome. I don't know what else to say. That is awesome, awesome, awesome. So thank you, Blockchain Tiger, if you're listening to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to everyone else that is, is donating to the Ravencoin community. I like that. All right, so um, nonprofit, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand over the reins over to Jake Jabrelli to take over this podcast temporarily while I try to get Tron back into the podcast. And he has the, the set of questions Sounds that good, he'll Jack. continue asking you, okay? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, hear me okay, Non? Yeah, Jake, no problem. All right. Yeah, it's uh, one technical problem after another, it seems. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, starting from uh, further, furthering the questions along here, um, if you want to process Raven transactions for users through a web interface, would you need to run a node slash wallet on the EC2 instance slash dedicated server, or would it be possible to do with a serverless solution such as the cloud functions, AWS, Lambda, et cetera? This question uh. is from Luca. Okay, well, uh, Luca, we're going to have to put that question on hold. That's directly going to have to go to Tron. Uh, Tron Tron will have the answer for that. Uh, I've met nearly uh, nearly technical enough up the chain to be able to give you the insight on that. All right. I just just joined, but I only caught the last part of that question. I can read that again. I can read that again. Okay, so if... If you want to process Raven transactions for users through a web interface, would you need to run a node slash wallet on an EC2 instance or dedicated server, or would it be possible to do with a serverless solution such as cloud functions, AWS, Lambda, et cetera? Gotcha. Uh, When you say process uh, transactions for users, I'm not sure what that means. As far as process meaning sign? That's a good question. I, I don't think Luca's not here to, to further ask the question. Okay. Uh, to elaborate on his own original question. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's. I guess that's hard for me to answer. I'm not sure what process transactions for users means. Uh, the the core wallet, you know, processes everybody's transaction. It checks all the signatures on everything as it scans the chain. So everybody does that kind of all the time. Uh, if you just need to submit a transaction, that can be done, again, kind of just posting it into the network in general. Um, I, I just don't fully understand the question. So anyway, if we can get that clarified, I can get it answered. I think we may have to just move on to the next question, because at this point, I don't have Luca available to <laughs> quickly get that uh, clarified. Can you still hear me, Tron? Yep. Okay. Um, alrighty. Let's see here. Regarding assets, this was a a long one. Yeah, this is from GC. Regarding assets, would it be possible to have an engine which would support custom metadata creation and a logic engine for it to manage the smart contracts? And this person has a very elaborate furthermore (laughs) with his question. Yeah. uh, So I think I've looked at that as far as uh, I think what's what's happening is trying to build smart contracts on top of Ravencoin. Uh, It wasn't built for that. uh, Neither was Bitcoin. I know that RSK is is one of the solutions for um, for for doing that. Um, So so I I would probably look at that as opposed to the, the option that I saw earlier, which was to put code into IPFS data 
and then try to run that because it's fairly complex to do a, a like a smart contract like Ethereum. All the data has to, that you want has to be stored on chain. There has to be a an economic model for storing it. Otherwise, people will just say, "Well, let's just store my you know my library of books on this free chain." And so you have to have kind of a mechanism to protect against that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that would have to go into it. I think. Okay, I don't know if 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 me going to his furthermore he uh gave a lot of examples like game developer scenarios uh DeFi scenarios house house rental scenarios uh to try to elaborate on his question but i think you may have covered it yeah i, I mean i can understand the benefits of of you know wanting to have uh smart contracts on ravencoin because you know you see ethereum kind of you know picking up and doing uh things like uniswap and things like that and so i think that's what people are looking at okay uh, this question is from me, actually. <laughs> uh, can Raven uh, QT be mirrored into a VM? Oh, that's from, from you? It was from or me, and Nonprofit originally uh, answered it, I believe. Um, I don't know if Nonprofit wants to hit it again. Uh, well, my understanding is that it is possible. Uh, now, I've uh, because I've spoken with uh, people uh, in the Telegram, uh, I think I got this in uh, Reddit, perhaps, where someone was talking about nodes because we'd recently been talking about node scalability uh, and, and increasing that to provide more security and more uh, function uh, for the Raven uh, blockchain. Uh, and my understanding is that it is possible uh, that they were able to mirror uh, one wallet, uh, one wallet node through multiple VMs to be able to provide uh, a node in different locations. Now, please, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, Tron. But uh... I guess I had a furthermore on that. Um, and it relates to that. But originally, we were talking about setting up, uh, you know, Raven nodes, uh, Raspberry Pis. It's a simple way to do it, and relatively inexpensive if you're savvy enough to set up a Pi, which honestly, I don't think it's that complicated. Um, but if you don't have the cash up front and you just want to do virtual because it's effectively easier, it may take a little learning, but um, setting up a VM isn't super complicated. But I was thinking about Docker as well. Is that something you can answer, Non? Uh, I, I don't believe that would be on my uh, uh, agenda there to be able to answer that. That might be better directed at Tron or possibly Mike. Okay. Well, um, the, the end goal, of course, was just to get more nodes on the network. Um, but also because people like participating with that. I mean, obviously you can do with a, a centralized uh, exchange, but it just seems that uh, doing it for oneself would be ultimately more functional. Oh, looks like we lost Tron again. <laughs> um, well, well hey. uh, yeah, to, to uh, add upon that, uh, Jake, yeah, that's a, uh, actually that's something that we're trying to accomplish currently is kind of an education uh, swarm to be able to get uh, how to create a node out there. Now, Raven doesn't suffer from a lack of nodes. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, but uh, obviously the more nodes, the better. So uh, Tron himself has uh, created some simplified instructions uh, on how to run a node from your home-based uh, wallet. Uh, it's very simple as far as just changing a few settings within the wallet. Uh, and then there's some uh, relatively easy port forwarding that you would need to do on your home router. Uh, and again, the more people that we can get to do that, uh, the more secure, you know, the Raven uh, chain is going to be. So we're, we're 
looking to have that happen as soon as possible. Alrighty. Um, okay. So, this I guess is an open. Uh, I guess this is a Mike question. Mike, do you want to answer? What do you want to ask for yourself? <laughs> um, sure. It. Uh, it was more of a Tron question, though. Yeah, is it directed to Tron? Yeah, it's okay. a technical question about MetaMask. Okay. Um, yeah, the answer, uh, let's see, 10, 10, I guess 10 is an open question. So um, is anyone creating a stable-like asset pegged to fiat on the Raven platform? This is a John question. Or directed to anyone. Who might be able to answer it? Not, not that 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 I'm aware of. There there are rumors out there. I hate to uh, uh, talk about rumors or even give them any sort of weight whatsoever. Uh, but there are there are some rumors out Ooh. there. Uh, so like, we'll wait for confirmation on those. I guess uh, I tend to, I tend not to believe anything unless it's confirmed. Uh, maybe Mike can uh, speak more on that uh, since he's more uh, heavily involved uh, with the Raven Foundation and so on. Yeah, um, I haven't heard anything official either. I have heard that Watchdog Capital does want to work with Ravencoin. And if they do, they're going to need some kind of in-house stable coin. So potentially, but not, nothing official. Okay. Well, uh, rumors can be rumors. Maybe they're good rumors. <laughs> um, well, well, frankly, uh, Jake, those kind of rumors—that's not something that they would announce until it's uh, <laughs> until it's been completed. So, gotcha. uh, that's why we wait for confirmation. Okay. So, uh, how uh, this is a BC John question, and I guess it would be to Mango Farms, who's still not on the podcast. Um, I don't know if he, anybody can answer it, but let's just say, how do you create a quote encrypted asset? Uh, that definitely needs to be directed at Mango Farms because they're currently working on that functionality uh, right now. All right. Yeah. Um, if you go on their website, you can create an encrypted asset today with just a couple clicks. Mike, you have a lot of questions coming up here. Do you want to ask the questions, even though you may be able to? I don't know if nonprofit can answer them. I certainly can't. Um, <laughs> uh, not, not really. All right. Well, uh, can is it possible to compare and contrast Raven and Bitcoin as far as network security goes? Ah, Tron is back. Maybe Tron can answer this one. You there, Tron? I am here. I apologize. I'm uh, keep dropping the audio drops. It looks like I'm still connected, but uh, yeah, I can't hear anything. So I can see now. Having so many problems with this, but uh, let's just. But I'll just ask the question again. So you may have missed it when yep. I asked it. Um, can it be? Can you please uh, compare, contrast Raven and Bitcoin's network security? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the code is the same. Uh, so we have. I mean, we started with Bitcoin's code, so the code's essentially the same. So what really sets the security is the amount of uh, mining hash power, and of course that's higher on Bitcoin. Uh, but we also added because there's the potential for uh, large value, let's say assets uh, on on the network. Uh, we added some some. Uh, uh, it's called NLR, so it's no long reorg. So after sixty blocks, it basically won't accept a surprise fifty one percent attack. So so after sixty blocks, it's actually very very safe. Um, now it's it's possible. That let's say a subsea cable or something dropped, and you had. You know, something happened in Asia and another network ha happened in the U.S., which could, of course, happen with Bitcoin as well. 
when it came back together, uh, it wouldn't resolve itself as smoothly as Bitcoin would because Bitcoin will just look for the largest proof of work and uh, Ravencoin wouldn't, wouldn't kind of reconnect and would have to be kind of manually resolved. But uh, it's a very unlikely scenario, uh, but, but it also prevents 51% uh, attacks after 60 blocks. Cool. All right. Let's see here. Next question. What would it take to successfully attack the network with regards to removing assets, void freezing assets, or changing ownership of assets? That's uh, my question. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, so you can't, uh, the 51% attack type thing uh, that people hear about, and it sounds horrible. It sounds like somebody's got to hold the whole network. You actually can't, uh, you can double spend, but you can't like change ownership and things like that. That, that. There's just limits to what you can do. Um, I mean, unless you like rolled it back until, you know, before the person created the asset, for example, and then bought your own with the same name. Uh, 60 block. Uh-oh, I think we lost him again. <laughs> John? Oh, there we go. Okay, sorry. We lost that last like uh, five seconds. Okay, you can't you can't change ownership. You'd have to roll the roll the chain back. You can't change ownership after sixty blocks. It won't it won't accept a, a surprise reorg, and so there's really no way to change ownership uh, of an asset. Like if you own it and you've gone past the sixty blocks, you own it. Um, even even fifty one percent attacks can't like create new coins. They can't. Um, you know, there's a lot of things they can't do. They can double spend coins that they owned before. And that's the attack that, that people usually hear about is, is someone sending to an exchange, turning that, you know, whatever coin it is into Bitcoin or something like that, then rolling it back far enough back. The coins never really went to the, you know, they, they kind of disappear from the bank account, if you will, or the custodial account of the exchange. And then they spend them somewhere else meaning they spend them you know, back to themselves, for example. So that's really the 51% attack. Um, so so you, you can't, I mean, you can, you can do that within Ravencoin, but only within the 60 blocks. And even then it's getting far, far more difficult, uh, especially with the price rise. Because uh, while people don't, while we don't talk about like price being that important, it is important from a security perspective because it means more people are mining and it increases the cost of the attack. Gotcha. Okay, um, John has returned, thankfully, uh, and we have Mango Farm on the podcast. Yes. yes. Uh, so, Hi, John, yes, back to you. Uh, hello. So we got everybody in the house finally. Thank you, thank you, Mango Farms, aka Doug, Doug in the house. So, like I said, with everyone that first enters the podcast, I like for them to formally introduce themselves and what do they do before blockchain. So. Doug, if you may, please go ahead and talk about sure, how you thanks, got John. into Sure, thanks, John. So my name is Doug Pepe. I, uh, I'm a lawyer in New York. I uh, practice complex commercial litigation uh, in New York City in Manhattan. Uh, practice nationally, but my, my office is in Manhattan, at least pre-COVID. Um, I got into blockchain, started out as a miner, and uh, started developing. Uh, now I own a, uh, a company called Mango Farm. They own part of a company called IP Assets, which uh, both of which tokenize assets on the Ravencoin blockchain. I'm also a uh, an adjunct professor at George Washington University Law School, where I teach uh, blockchain law and technology. And you're a legitimate lawyer, right? Because 
that that was like a big question mark. Is he yeah, really I'm a, a, uh, I'm a full time not? practicing lawyer uh, in Manhattan, and I do um, uh, fairly large, uh, complex commercial litigation, usually you know in the in the multi billion dollar range. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we did actually skip through a lot of questions on the list that were actually dedicated to you, uh, Doug. So actually, I, at the moment, let's see, where are we at? Uh, Jake, question number, are we on 14? Uh, yeah, I was highlighted uh, 14 would be the next one. Uh, but now that Mango's here, you should definitely ask the Mango question from before that we didn't get when he wasn't in. Right. Which? Oh, there it is. Uh, okay, there's Mango. How do you create an encrypted so, asset? Uh, there really is no such thing as an encrypted asset. Uh, what you encrypt is the metadata that gets attached to an asset. So um, I think Tron probably went over this, and and you know, many of the listeners that they use Ravencoin a lot know this. But I'll just back up for a second. Um, an asset on Ravencoin is a UTXO uh, that you know with a unique name. Um, it's got quantity, it's got units, and then it's got an IPF, a special IPFS hash attached to it. That hash is a reference to a document. It allows you to actually, you know, uh, locate the document on the IPFS network. Um, that hash can be anything, right? So it can be anything from a picture to a movie to illegal documentation. So um, what we did on Mango Farm was, you know, created a system where you could put your, you know, your PGP key, a public key for encryption purposes into an asset, right? And that then gets sent to one of the addresses that you control. And it's sort of like a public registry. Someone can look up that PGP key and say, all right, this, this PGP key goes with this rating point address. So um, technically, you, you know, then you, you know the identity of the person you want to create an asset for, and you know their encryption key. So you encrypt basically on the, on the sender side, on the asset creator side, you encrypt the PGP key of the recipient. So um, you're encrypting metadata, and that metadata then gets hashed and put on IPFS, and then that gets attached to the asset. And then when you send it, only the recipient can open it because they're the only one with the private key associated with that PGP public key. So that's sort of a, a short answer. Nice, nice. Thank you, thank you. All right, number fourteen. Uh, Jake, did we get to number fourteen, uh, or should I ask that assets, one? Right. So now we're on to are the active security yes. audit options, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Awesome, great. Okay, so let's see. Anyone, please answer this question: Are there any active security audit options to help protect against future hacks? Asked by Mike. Mike, thank you. And thank you, Mike, for, for giving, up, giving up your chair so Doug can jump in. Yeah, right, so, so currently there are no active uh, security audits going on. We are evaluating two firms uh, right now, ISC and <coughs> look up the other one uh, that I'm talking to Monday for the pay to script hash uh, pull request that's currently there and being ready to be deployed once we have it audited. Um, so, and what we'd like to do is audit anything that's, that affects consensus. So the, the important stuff, right? The stuff that, I mean, you change your spelling word and things like that, you know, change colors, add, you know, uh, GUI options, make things easier, add pictures, all that kind of stuff. Those don't need to be audited. They, they just mm -hmm. don't impact anything if, if something goes wrong. So, uh, but the core stuff that affects the consensus and the rules and 
the network, we want, we want those audited. Nice. Okay, we got about uh, like a good six or seven more questions. All right, next question. Can you explain the open source emphasis on Raven mobile wallets and what it needs to get it working well? And or how easy, what can a user do to upload their own mobile to play slash Apple yeah, Store. So it's a little tricky for individual users uh, to create wallets and put them up because the rules that Apple has uh, says that you need to be an organization. And so it's one of the one of the functions of the Ravencoin Foundation is to kind of have that account, you know, like a corporate account uh, and the keys and stuff to be able to do a, a wallet. And I think they did that because People were taking open source wallets, you know, making them into wallet stealers and then up uploading them. And so, so it's a kind of a legit thing that they did that. But um, yeah, uh, the, the, the wallet is open source. It does need some work. There's some, the issues are listed uh, in the GitHub. If people want to take those roles on, uh, the Ravencoin mm -hmm. Foundation just recently came into some funding and will, will help fund uh, developers that want to take on those those tasks of, of just improving it. Uh, it does work. It's a little, uh, had a little problem during this recent uh, Raven price run up because uh, so many people jumped in that, that the syncing wasn't working, but that was really an open, uh, we need more full nodes. And so I think was, as we get that fixed, they'll work better, but there's still some things that need to be worked on them. Good, good. Yes, and we did mention uh, the donation from the five hundred seventy thousand raised donation from yep. uh, Blockchain Tiger. Uh, it, it, amazing, it's great. And that's what I was saying earlier. You know, so I and yep. I know you guys are going to put that to good use. So that's it's great. All right, next question. Uh, where? Let me see. Do, 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 do. Okay, where has the Raven Network received funds for legal services from, and where have those services been spent so far? <laughs> written by or asked by uh, LSJI07. Yeah, uh, so originally uh, we needed a legal opinion. This is a long time ago. This would have been in early-ish 2018. We needed a, a legal opinion for it to get on Bitrix. And so there were some funds raised for that. And, uh, and then Doug, who's on the call, uh, <laughs> basically, and, and I'll let you take the story from here, Doug. Sure, I, I saw that folks were gathering money to try to do this. And uh, I knew that I could do it. So I, I did it. And I, uh, Tron, I had never even spoken to Tron or met Tron or Bruce or anybody, you know, really, I was just, I'm, I'm a community member. And, um, but I could do, I could do it. And I, I you know, uh, woke up, it was a Saturday. It was in June of, um, well, I forget what year now, I think 2018. And, uh, and, and I turned to my wife, we were supposed to go to the beach um, <laughs> with the kids. And uh, I said, you know, look, I'm going to take some time off and and, uh, and do this thing. And she said, sure, go ahead. So she went to the beach and I wrote the, the first draft of uh, what became an, a, you know, a, a, an article that I published. I posted it on, on uh, the Ravencoin wiki that satisfied the listing requirements for, uh, uh, for the exchange. So um, that sort of put an end to the community effort to generate funds. I just didn't think it decentralized, you know, it was very early on in the project. I didn't think, you know, it was necessary uh, when I could do it and I could do it for free um, for the project to start, you know, gathering money. So that money was actually used for, um, you know, it sat in a wallet for a while. And, it, and I believe, Tron, you correct me if I'm wrong, that went over into the code audit, um, into the code audit, audit wallet. Just I, I, 
So yeah. yeah, that it did it did get transferred recently, so I believe it did. And then there was some excess for the code audit wallets that that still is there, and I think we're going to try to use those for code audits going forward. Yep. So Tron, I don't know if you want to mention uh, you know Josh and his pro bono um, uh, offer, which I think was pretty extraordinary. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So yep. talk a little bit about that. Yep. So so one of the things we looked at look at looking at doing is having the network provide some of the funding for the foundation going forward to be able to, uh, you know, get developers, keep the code safe, monitor it and things like that. And uh, it's not a foregone conclusion. It's just a kind of proposal that's out there, but we wanted to make sure that it didn't cause any problems like XRP has, right. Where it's like, Hey, wait a minute, that's, you know, centralized and you know, has, has issues with securities or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, we have uh, Josh, uh, Lawler from Zuber uh, Lawler uh, Law Firm, and he uh, agreed to do it for free to 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 analyze that and, and provide a report for us. So uh, that's in progress at the moment. And it's you know amazing offer from him. All right, great. Uh, question number seventeen. Is the Raven Network taking steps to prevent inflation of transaction fees becoming a problem? Like currently, yeah. On the so network. it's actually um, you, you can say it's a problem, but it's also it's a necessary evil because there's X amount of space, and how do you allocate that space? And so it's built in basically the same mechanism that that uh, that, that Bitcoin uses. Uh, the if the chain is fully loaded then it will start sorting transactions. Uh, the default, by default, miners can mine whatever they want, right? They can pick whatever transactions in whatever order they want. But in default, by default, it's going to take the ones that, that pay the miners the most, which is, of course, what the miners would probably want anyway. Uh, and, and it's really just, uh, think of it like, mm -hmm. uh, like a concert hall, right? And if you have a million people that want to go to the concert at a dollar, Right. Well, make it ten dollars, and now there's half a million. Make it fifty dollars. So it's just a it's just a mechanism to balance the load on the network. Um, so it could get high, but it also means the network's fully loaded, and and it has to sort it, and it sort it sorts it out economically. Hmm. Okay. All right. So here's a question from Mike. What would have to happen to make the character max longer, and how uh, complex is the issue? Well, it would issue? require consensus change, just because the rules are there to to not allow more than uh, it. It would hmm. be a, it would be doable. Um, to some degree, we didn't want it really long because uh, <laughs> if you were there in the beginning, uh, people were putting like full sentences that weren't like stuff you'd want your mom to hear uh, on on chain right as a as an asset name oh wow <laughs> and you, you can still do that but you're limited to 30 characters mm -hmm. okay uh question number 19 is it possible to end this is from me because uh i'm having this issue with uh with, with some pools uh that i was mining with so uh is it possible to empty a pool wallet without leaving leaving any dust basically are you able to sweep uh, uh minor uh, minor wallets to zero, including the UTXO. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why. I mean, it, it would depend a little bit on the software you're using, but if the software calculates, 
you know, the fee properly and everything. There should be no reason that you can, you can have it go to zero. I do know that some of the wallets, for example, though, do, um, let's say you, you set them up and it kind of builds and they, they hold it. Right. And so it's, it's custodial for a while. And then you can say, Oh, I want to sweep right. it or have it automatically swept when it hits a mm-hmm. hundred. And so you, you just kind of get them in blocks of a hundred. Um, you know, for, for those mm-hmm. at some point, if it swept it and let's say there was like, you know, a, a third of a Raven or something like that, uh, you could send it. I just don't know if it's, um, you know, if the software is kind of set up to do that, but, but there's no reason you can't as long as it's more than the fees to send it. All right. Let's go to the next question. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pass over the questions over to Mike, just because he's been so kind to give up his chair a few times throughout this podcast so other, others can join yeah, and chit-chat with us. So, Mike, are you there? All right. Let's see, Mike, if you don't mind taking yeah. over question number 20. So this question is from the Wave back. 100. What is IPFS and how does IPFS and Raven work together? That's a great question. Love the question. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I of mine. It's an interplanetary file system, and it's a. It's not really a. Uh, it's a way to reference files, and then also a way to distribute files in sort of a decentralized way. Uh, it doesn't really hold files. It'll temporarily hold files for you, and that's that's where it gets a little confusing because if people put files out there. A lot of times you can get them back right away. Uh, but if no one's kind of holding them or pinning them, uh, meaning becoming a canonical source for them somewhere in the world, then they can disappear, right? There's, it's not an infinite file storage system, but it is a pretty good content delivery network and also a way to always know that the file you're referencing hasn't been tampered with. And that's because the name of the file is the hash. And so if it's tampered with, it's really not the same name. And if it's the same name, it's the same file. And so by putting the hash or the uh, the IPFS content identifier into the blockchain, so that can't change, right? That's tamper-proof. Uh, then it's referencing the same file. And you know that, that the file outside, even though it's not the whole file is not on-chain, you know that if you get the file back, that you've gotten back the same file that you were referencing. So hopefully that helped. It might have been a little confusing. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's it. Um, okay, so the next question is, are you following EIP-1559? And what are your thoughts on how that relates to Ravencoin? Uh, I have not been following it. I've seen, I've seen that it's contentious. But I've not been following it. It's uh, it's pretty much Ethereum's kicking off GPU miners, and there's like kind of a, a question in the air where all of these GPU miners are going to go. Oh, that's great for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Ethereum. I've been an Ethereum miner <laughs> uh, over the years for for a while, and um, you know, Ethereum's a couple of times Ethereum has cut the block reward with you know relatively little notice. And, you know, because Ethereum was, was still remained the most profitable GPU mineable coin most times. I mean, Ravencoin's actually beat, beaten it with some cards at some times. But, you know, f- over the long run, Ethereum has been pretty profitable to mine. You know, as, as Ethereum's 
profitability declines, especially with 1559. And, and as, you know, Ravencoin's profitability stays, you know, sort of around where it is, um, you're going to start to see more GPU miners over Ravencoin, which is just, uh, it's, it's awesome. Cool. And are you guys aware of anyone on the Ravencoin network working with DeFi or steps they're taking to put Ravencoin on DeFi? Yes. Yep. Uh, there is, is one. Op Open DAO is looking at that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so th there, uh, there's two options there. One is to do sort of a wrapped Raven. Um, although I say this carefully because there was actually, looks like there's a scam out there. So I want to preface this with there's a scam out there for W Raven. Concept is great. The one that's out there looks like a scam. So just because I'm going to say it, I don't want that to be a thing that people jump onto. Um, but a wrapped Raven, which is where somebody custodies the Raven, it holds onto it and then mints something over on the, on the Ethereum network or, or really any of the other DeFi networks, right? It could be ADA or, or EOS or any, any of those. Mints them over there. Uh, what that allows you to do is use uh, Raven as collateral. Uh, you know, again, preface this with that can be risky, but use it as collateral in, in other operations. Um, you know, loaning and borrowing and all those kind of things are possible on a decentralized way over on DeFi, various DeFi networks. And so it would allow that. And there's another one that, that I prefer, but is a little more, uh, takes a little more work. And that's uh, Ren Raven, R-E-N-R-V-N, right? So making a Ren Raven. And that one has a little bit more, it's, you know, it's not, you know, kind of an organization standing there burning and minting. Uh, it's, it's the technology doing it. And, and so they're, they're actually looking at doing that as well. And then also uh, they're uh, planning on doing a, a stable coin, which, which would allow Raven to become collateral for a stable coin over on the various DeFi networks. Cool. Now, um, could either one of you guys explain what the Ravencoin MetaMask is and the features that would be in it, such as syncing and third-party web developer tools? Uh, I have seen it, um, and, but I don't know the details of it, so I don't want to go very deep in, into the technology on that, but I've seen it. Okay. And Doug, could you kind of explain how the Mango Farms wallet works and how it doesn't need to sync to the blockchain? You don't have to wait. Sure. I mean, you know, Mango Farm is a, it's a web wallet. Um, it's principally designed you know, like any web wallet, including a, you know, a, a MetaMask, um, you know, without hardware support, it's really designed not so much to store large amounts of, of Raven on it, although it has a wallet, it's really designed as an asset builder. So um, sort of the key feature of Mango Farm is that asset builder. And it's a web form that allows you to attach, you know, to put some metadata on an asset, um, you know, information like, you know, name of the asset, you know, uh, who the issuer is, contact information and that sort of thing. And you can take it or leave it. You can put that information in or not. And uh, so one of the key th features is you can attach multiple documents. And when you look at them, on uh, when you view them, it looks just like an email in, in a way, uh, an email with some information, some sort of headline information, what the asset name is, whether it's reissuable, the quantity. But then you can attach, you know, any number of, of uh, additional files to it which is pretty cool. So you can, uh, you know, um, 
it was designed for people to actually use if they wanted to, you know, tokenize something, you know, create a blockchain asset and put legal documents to it. Um, uh, you know, put most Ravencoin assets now that people are making or have made other than the ones who've made them on the mango farm platform um, are single file, right? It's a picture or it's a, you know, one document and it gets hashed on IPFS and it gets put on the, on the blockchain. Um, but, you know, for when people are actually going to use this and as people actually use it for um, you know, for actual, you know, working products, it, they, you need more, you need, you know, multiple files, um, there's really no such thing as a single file uh, legal document for anything um, substantial. So, so that's you know why I, why I did it, and and it's it's free. I mean, you know, the Mango Farm is 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 in a sense the development platform for the projects that I've been working on uh, separately, separate from Mango Farm. They're branded differently, um, but uh, the tools that are in Mango Farm are the same tools that we're using um, for uh, for those other projects. So. Um, I hope that answers your question. I don't know if you have any further follow-up. It does. That, that actually leads into another question about, is it possible to create a website on a Ravencoin token, kind of like how Unstoppable Domains does it? Yes. Yeah, yes. You can do anything that you can do on IPFS on a Ravencoin token. So right. someone's, someone's actually done it. I don't remember the name of the token, but someone actually did it as a test. And so the, the token and the metadata actually goes to a website, a static website, but a website. Yep. Cool. Um, let's see here. And that, I think, is the, the last question. Sean wants to take over. Okay, sure. All right. So, Tron, you had a very successful vocal AMA on Friday, right? Well, I've that done lots first, of AMAs, but uh, usually for AMA exchanges and right? things like that that just want to bring kind of traffic. So, I've done lots of AMAs, but this one was one where where I'd like to start making sure that if people have questions that I'm there to answer them, and if they don't, then we can maybe space out the AMAs further apart. I just want to make sure that it's not there's not this pent-up demand for, like, getting answers that aren't being answered. That's all. So, yep. Yep, I, right, I plan right. on doing it. So you definitely uh, plan on doing that think, a lot more in the future. Uh, I'm going to try to do it every other week. Uh, we may change the time slot. Uh, I'm kind of leaving that up to one of the community members uh, if they think there's a better time for me to do it. Uh, but right now, uh, it'd probably be after the dev meeting on Fridays, right? So, Awesome. That, that's perfect. That's perfect because there was so much positive feedback. Everybody, everybody in the Raven community was just talking about how amazing it was just to hear your voice and just talk and just answer questions. They loved it so much. It was great. So even though you're pretty much already doing the same thing on, on text base, but I guess just to hear your voice just had a that's huge impact Thanks. on people and there was so much positive energy going around. All right. So how about, <laughs> so how about integrating uh, virtual reality, having like a room where people can yeah. participate and sit in? And where I actually, actually love that idea. So uh, the what, board uh, is actually is meeting in spatial.io. Uh, and we had a little problem with it uh, the last board meeting. So we uh -huh. actually had to switch to Zoom. But before that, the board meeting was great. And, and we can put up documents that we need to review up on up on a wall and you just have to like hop over closer to them and you can read them and and we can raise our hand to vote and things like that so it worked out great so i'd like to, if mm -hmm. i'd like to set up the same kind of thing yes. 
and, and have, yeah, just a time where everybody can kind of, kind of, kind of come and sort of an informal meetup, but from around the globe. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. That's super, super exciting. I can't wait for that to come out. I'm going yeah, to be so giddy just if, jumping if, in there. If you haven't <laughs> tried uh, Spatial, it's right, pretty Sean, interesting. You. you can ahead, join from a mobile phone or from like a Zoom oh, screen where the people that come in from a Zoom screen, they're just like a floating screen that you can place, <laughs> you can place it on the wall wherever you want. And that person's mm -hmm. just like, you know, there. Uh, and it's, and, or, and then of course, uh, most VR headsets, which, you know, of course, much more interactive. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. These board meetings were the first times I've ever used spatial. And I, I have to say, I mean, it's just great. I'm going to use it for other. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I know I was, I, yeah. I tested it out too. I downloaded it on my phone and it's, it's amazing. I love it. So I can't wait for you guys to integrate that more and, and open it up to the public to come in. Now on my, on my experience with Ravencoin, I've actually been, I guess blessed in the sense that I've been able to use utilize my Raven tokens to create my own assets. So I have a C3 token that I've actually already uh, gave out as a gift token to uh, to Tron. So Tron's already received it. I know Mike's received it. I know Jake Jabarelli's received it. And I'm going to continue giving these out as gift tokens for anyone that participates on the podcast. And every token that I give out is an equivalent to the amount of minutes that you spend on the podcast. So once it's published, I go ahead and distribute the amount of minutes in tokens uh, so you. that's a gift from me to all you Great. that are on the podcast so thank you thank you thank you i've also <laughs> i've also i've also been able to create a uh, another asset that's uh moon j media that i plan on experimenting and creating um sub assets from because i haven't so far created sub assets but i, I want to continue experimenting on the ravencoin platform only because it's so easy and the community is so nice. That's the biggest thing that, and I and I told Tron this uh, on the last time that he was on the podcast. That the reason I got, I stuck with with the Ravencoin community yeah. is because they're so nice, man. They're not they're not like demonic. Other other blockchains out there, they 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 they're very hatred, man. It's all about the FOMO, and if you get in their way, they're gonna smash you. It's like no. When I when I came in over to to the Ravencoin community, oh man, it's people like like you know Pathfinder. You know, nonprofit, just just being able to answer questions just without without being flustered. And sometimes these questions were very simple. Uh, once you already know what the answers are, it's very simple. But it's it's thanks to nonprofit and pathfinders and, and, and even and even Mike and even Mike just to answer these, these these questions. So and that's what I like about uh, the Ravencoin community. So I want to continue uh, doing my part and working on it. I have this. Uh, I had this thing that I'm trying out. And keep in mind, keep in mind. Even though Jake and Mike says that I'm I'm a developer, I am not a developer. I'm 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 copying and pasting a bunch of stuff. And my next project that I have coming out and that I'm going to say here is I'm going to try to attempt to make a using the Ravencoin blockchain. I'm going to integrate it with IPFS and a storyline using Android VR. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of tether up, tether that all together in a story mode. So you download, you download the Android app. There's going to be a story mode attached to it that's integrated with IPFS and in turn uh, built onto the onto the Ravencoin blockchain. That to me is a fun little project that I'm working off off the side. Hopefully within a month I'll have that out. So thank you all for being on the podcast, Tron, uh, Mango, Mango Farms. Go ahead. I'll, Actually, I'll is there any, any, any last words you guys want to talk about? Sorry for the technical difficulties. Yeah, thank you, John. And I apologize for the difficulties on you know, getting me on as well. I'm, I'm very happy to have been here. And thanks for having me. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you. I hope to have you guys back on pretty soon. And hopefully we can try to solve this issue with having a limitation of, of people on the podcast. I didn't know there was a limitation on there, but now, now I know. Maybe so we'll try to figure this out for the future. Um, actually, I'm actually, yeah, put it on VR. Exactly. Actually, I'm kind of curious, Tron, you know, the last time we spoke, um, uh, Ravencoin was was sub ten cents. I think it was sitting at eight cents when I, the last time you were on the podcast. And That's I think right. uh, because you know <laughs> it went up to like twenty eight cents. Yeah, and it was, I published it, was quite it the run. Cents. <laughs> yeah, nice. There you go. Well, with that said, thank you, thank you, thank you all for being on the podcast. With that said, stack sets and hodl. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>